Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This week I head up to see my friend Devin, owner of Nostos MMA in Summersworth, New Hampshire. He's a BJJ black belt, UFC fighter, NEF lightweight champ. He was on Dana White looking for a fight. Rock star. All around good dude. He was also on episode four if you want to go back and check that one out. You get to hear from some of his students, friends, and the man himself basically talking about how he got to the UFC, um, what he's been up to in the last year, getting a black belt in BJJ, uh, behind the scenes UFC stuff, some awesome internet hate, and how he responds to it, his new nickname, his favorite move, and the legendary Hello Kenshin. Shout out to my man, the one-armed bandit, Gary Fawcett, for coming up and helping me do this podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes and Twitter. We're on the internet at greatnortheastbjj.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Devin Powell. You gotta watch Jay because he'll steal your fucking shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that to happen. Maybe. Jay's a fucking Because he's dick. probably gonna be like, I can probably use my medium what instead. It's just sugar. It's like a thing. But, I mean, he'd probably be like, oh, these mediums fit better than my larges. I'm just gonna take these. So, fucking Jay Mansfield, since he's not here and we can tell stories even though we're Uh-oh. recording right now. Um, we had the Tom DeBlass seminar. And, uh, great seminar. Great seminar. Mm-hmm. Great dude. So in the beginning, Tom's like, "Hey, it's cool that he saw me fight, you know." Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people. Fight. He, uh, he saw me fight, I guess. Yeah, no, he was. We talked about it a bunch. Um, but uh, so in the beginning, before the seminar, Tom's like, "Hey, who should I use for a partner?" And I was like, "I don't know, Jay. Probably be good." And uh, I wasn't really thinking like he's all sick or whatever, or he'd been he'd been sick and he like was up, whatever. But so after the first technique, he comes over to me and he's like, "Hey, dude." You got any compression shorts? And I was like, no. Why, you don't got any underwear on? And he's like, no, I don't. And so my junk's hanging out. And uh, Amanda's like, I might have an extra oh pair. God. So she goes back, and, uh, and she don't have an extra pair. She might have had maybe a pair of underwear on and compression shorts, but she took the compression shorts off she had, and Jay wore her freaking... Underwear for the seminar. Let's be honest. When is he not exposed? <laughs> There's got to be a picture of him wearing just those somewhere. Oh, man. I don't know. but Couldn't imagine that he didn't take a picture of himself. That man is allergic to changing in the locker room. Yeah. yeah. I've never had to stand lookout for a guy getting naked so often in my life. Wait, what? Yeah, he'll just change in the academy. Oh, okay. As people are walking by. Anybody coming? He's gotten better, believe it or not. But Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's mature. The one thing that I like, like I get the like the gay shit, like whatever you want to show your dick off, but like I can't fucking stand him trying to show me pictures of him taking shit. Oh <laughs> god, man! Like I don't. Like, <laughs> I'd rather see a dick than see somebody <laughs> sucking. I'm shit. pretty sure he's basically like a scrapbooker when it comes oh. to his own shits. 
I so Jay, that. stop sending your turd pictures, dude. <laughs> like he even almost he got my Carolyn wife. to see. Yeah, I was got Carolyn to look. I mean, I guess it's like let's not he be goes, sexist. So she's <laughs> everybody, everybody he's can see. All she's a turds nurse, so matter. Goes, you're a medical professional. What do you think of this? Oh man. She was like, you probably need to see a doctor. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you, you do have colon cancer. Think, that's for yeah. sure. I don't think you should shatter. Porcelain. Your wife's a doctor. She's a nurse. Oh, nice. Cool. Is yeah. that, do you guys work together? No. Oh, wait, you're PT. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, burning in the back. Real, real fast. Right, like, to the right of a vertebrae. Burning, like, if I roll over it, I feel like I need to get off the foam, ro- foam roller immediately. It's just like this hard, crazy burn. Does it sound like nerve or... Does the pain, like, travel? Or is it just right in that, in that exact spot? spot. If it's nerve pain, it's usually you'll feel it down the length of the whole nerve. So it's, yeah. I doubt it's nerve pain. Yeah. It sounds more just like super tight muscle. Really? Yeah. Okay, so not, it doesn't sound like, I don't know, like compressed disc kind of weird. I even shit. made notes for this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm getting professional here. Do you not have paper bigger than that? Um, no, I you just little have paper, pe- little paper people have well, it's to your little size. man. That's, little that's people have little hands and little paper. <laughs> What kind of why? What kind of paper do you got? Do you got eight paper? by eleven? Yeah, dude. Like, I got little paper, like little memos, little note memos. <laughs> Should I tell these guys they can come in and hang out? But yeah, dude, they quiet? can hang out if they Did want. You ever, for I sure. I never told you about how I gave my vows at my wedding. I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw him with the big roll That's of paper. Yeah, that ain't that epic paper. I got fifty yards I worth. Saw it. I saw it, man. Yeah, I was. That was a great. You had a great wedding. Yeah, I was at the Amigos table. Mm. I was at the table with the greatest and if, like, group of New England jiu-jitsu stars who've if, never been around. You get some like crazy story that pops into his head. Yeah, anybody can. Chime uh, in any guys can chime in at any moment on this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Tim likes to take things. Tim, over, so let's... we will kick you out of here. Yeah, no Riddler. Stuff. All right. No we Riddler will kick stuff. you right out. No Riddler stuff. <laughs> yeah, the Riddler. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? All right, so we're back. We're back in uh, Summersworth, New Hampshire. Um, Snowy night, so the two other douchebags that I usually do this with are not here. Thanks a lot, jerks. <laughs> I traded in Jay and the Riddler for Gary. That's a big upgrade. Big upgrade. Yeah. Um, so the last time, so everybody knows, but welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. I have absolutely no idea what episode this is, um, but... A year ago, almost like a year and a month ago, we were here in here, episode four. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's when Lee was here? No. No, man. Oh, okay. when, we when, yeah, the original. Uh, that's true. We were here yeah, in between. Okay. But uh, you were the fourth episode, man. Um, so on January 19th. So you guys climbed the hill and now you're Now we're going back, back down, <laughs> man. Uh, we, were, we were at the top for a minute, but <laughs> we slid back down. Um, so... We're here with our friend Devin Powell, um, owner of Nostos BJJ. No, Nostos MMA. Sorry, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy in my fucking, in my bones. Um, UFC fighter, um, NEF champ, BJJ black belt, handsome fella. Um, <laughs> good kickboxer, too. Good kickboxer. Um, used to play guitar. You still play guitar? Used to. A little, I dabble. A little I dabble bit. in the dark arts. A little blink. Yeah. What was the name? Remember Jack Green. What was the name of your band? (laughs) Oh, Hello Kenshin. Me and Matt Pendleton. Hello Kenshin? You were in a band with Matt Pendleton. Oh, yeah. 
Wow. He was a bassist, and I was a guitarist. We had another guitarist, Ryan, and, and our drummer, Sean. It was a radical time. Who sang? I wouldn't have a singer. <laughs> <laughs> our music was way too fucking crazy. It was all jim. He's like, you can't sing to this. <laughs> it was just all over the place, like my brain. Was so, it like Screamo? <laughs> it would have been, probably. <laughs> I was not the screaming! It would have been like, I don't know what you sing! Maybe we could get the band together. I'd like to. We should have a reunion. Are there any recorded tracks? Oh, there is. There's we no got, we got a pure volume. I bet if somebody masters? works hard, they could play it into this <laughs> while we're talking. If somebody goes on their phone. Oh, somebody's got to make this happen. Hello, Kenshin? Hello, Kenshin. Yeah. I don't even Anyways, know what's a Kenshin? <laughs> I think it means Heart of Sword. <laughs> Kenshin is a, it's a very emo name, sounding. And, Hello, Heart of Sword. And a lot of great samurais were called Kenshin. So with me today is my man, Gary Fawcett. He is going to be the co-host. He's replacing both the Riddler and Jay Mansfield because they're... I'm twice the man that they are. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily, dude. Combined. Mostly because Special Victims Unit won't be making an appearance because of Jay. <laughs> 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 the, uh, but we also have our friend Tim Hagen. Hi, guys. Who is, uh, was cornered, Devin, in a lot of recent fights. I cornered his... Uh, World Series of Fighting? Yeah, World Series of Fighting in Connecticut. Yeah? It's the first fight I've ever been licensed to corner. Oh, actually. nice. So I've cornered others, but yeah. So you've also fought like uh, Muay Thai fights and MMA, right? I've only had two MMA fights, um, and I have had a couple... I've, I've had a few Thai camps, and none of them fall through um, for multiple reasons. Well, here's the thing. This is a jiu-jitsu podcast, so that's enough of you, out of you. I have a blue belt in BJJ. Yeah, all right. I have a blue belt in BJJ, and I love ripping leg locks. Yes. Yeah, and guillotines. So my man Jack, Jack over here, I just saw eat like five raw eggs. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I got a picture. A little bit of it. Yeah, I got a picture. I got pictures. Instead of sal- sa- samurai Jack, you're salmonella. Yeah. Salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good. What? Uh, who the hell are you, man? And what are you? And, and how did you get in here? <laughs> I got invited in here. Yes. They dragged me in. They wanted me to say something um, about my raw eggs. Yeah, the raw egg story. <laughs> yeah. So the guy wanted protein so bad. Um, you didn't have any protein. You had Cliff Kid bars, <laughs> and that wasn't enough. And uh, so he went for the raw eggs, and he ate five yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Them back. What kind of savagery goes on here at No Stokes? My, my sister's chickens. She's got a bunch of chickens as pets. She leaves eggs here. It's a little... Uh, that's a little perk to being a student at Nostos MMA. You get oh, these fresh good chickens. Raw eggs. Yes. They did the trick. How, how were they as, as far as raw eggs go? They were uh, they were pretty raw. <laughs> Is this a <laughs> practice that you often? Yeah, I drink, I eat a lot of raw eggs. Okay. Kind of tastes like an oyster. So he's <laughs> mostly due to laziness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too tired to cook. He, yeah. he, he's not repping Rocky. He's just a lazy. <laughs> yeah, I just lazy don't want to make eggs. All he needs is protein. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my man Colton. Colton, Colton's joined us. Colton's an MMA fighter, wrestler. Wrestler. Yeah. Born and raised. You you uh you fought MMA though, right? Yeah, it's been a little while. Five and three. Nice. Need to get back in there sooner or later. Yeah. These guys. Following my man Devin Powell, trying <laughs> to trace in his footsteps. You know, fought on a couple cards back in the day. You know, and you know, just been training with him. It's been taking me under my wing, teaching me some jujitsu. Tim Hat, Tim over here. Holding pads for me, teaching me how to kick. Something that, uh, you know, I need to open my game up to. And yeah. You know, so this is a big open eye opener for me, helping me out. 
So it's cool, man. Like everybody knows you as like a fighter, um, you know, and you're you're fa- you're famous now, fighter and uh, in uh, musician. Yeah, um, famous through my music. So yeah, yeah, no. I mean, we've all heard about this band. There's a lot of girls back in the day with black hair and lip rings and stuff that are just screaming my name. Yes, crazy lipstick gauges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what about women? <laughs> what about Devin the coach, man? You like being a coach? You like, oh man, I love it. You yeah, like it better just, than being a fighter, or what? Uh, yeah, man. I I don't know. It's it's hard to make that kind of call. <laughs> Yeah. I like the I like the fact that I know that I can call call it a day eventually with fighting and and I have all these people that like that that I can look at like Ross for example Colton's younger than me already but you look at somebody like Ross he's fighting this weekend he's he's a phenomenal talent and he's a great dude and he's 21 years old you know that's pretty much when I get started in the sport I was like I was a little bit too young to drink I think when I started that now I've, I'm close to uh, yeah. a decade in on it you know so. If I was that good at his age, man, you know, like I would, I would have been UFC good at the champ sport. by now. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't contend it for sure. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's cool being able to teach and train. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not very uh, passive with my with my uh, teaching. Like when I teach something, I immediately get in and I actually train it. You know, some some teachers they teach and they sit back and they don't get any drilling in and they really miss that aspect. And that's not, that's not okay. You know, like you go from training every single day to, uh, and, and being coached and, and told, all right, this is what we're going to drill, drill until I tell you to stop. And then all of a sudden you're on the outside and kind of walking around. I do a bit of that, but I also take the classes that I don't teach. And even in the classes I teach, I do a bunch of flow drills where I get to go in and do all these series with, with different techniques and stuff. So I feel like even as a coach, I'm getting better and better every day. And eventually, whenever I say I'm not going to get punched in the head anymore, I'll be, you know, I'll be happy just to do that aspect. But I feel like this is still a great way to get better because I'm always thinking people like Colton have to ask me questions. I actually have to use my brain. I'll hound the dude after practice. <laughs> like, what, what can I use this stars? How do I set this up? I'm that like, little step. Oh, like, that. I'm like, yeah, come on, man. No, that one little stuff. thing. Yeah. And he just opens my eyes up that much more. That one little step. And I apply it to everybody else I train with. And then. Now I'm hitting darts on everybody. Now I'm hitting that that move that little bit better just because of that one little step, that time he took, that two seconds he took just to cater to me, to help me out, and then boom, affects my training that much more. And that actually helps. I mean, I'm sure that helps you because, like, when people have asked me questions before, I had something I might have done automatically. Mm-hmm. Now I have to break it down into steps, and it makes me, like, think about the technique that much. Yeah. That much deeper, and it sharpens up. For sure, yeah. Everything. I mean, you you all of a sudden go from, all right, I just do this to like, wait, why do I do this? Why do I submit people when I actually do this? Why do they have trouble, you know, defending that this choke or whatever? And you have to actually be more, you know, more in-depth with each position. It's definitely helpful whenever you have to answer these questions. Yeah, That's my yeah. favorite part of martial arts, actually, Yeah, is uh, being able to analytically break down something and then show it to somebody and then actually they end up looking better than you after a while yeah. so it's cool yeah i try to shadow your switch kick as much as i can <laughs> and I try to evolve my switch kick as much as i can so tim you just spent two weeks at aka yeah I did. in san jose yeah well how's that 
amazing. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I, and when I was there, I didn't even hit pads once. Um, I took part in like a beginner boxing class and I was with a guy who was probably three months in. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just feed you pads this whole, this whole hour. But um, no, when I was there, it was nothing but gut. Yeah, that's, that's, tip, that's typically that's, me. That's, yeah, that's, that's me. That's, giving this dude is like, that, got, every day he just was like, oh yeah, I'll just feed pads all day. Like, you sure you don't want to switch yeah. back and forth? He's like, no, I'll just be your no, pad like two, monkey. Two hours in, just giving everything he's got and then asking for nothing in return. Yeah. Right. I practically have to yell at him just to be like, come here, I'll, I'll feed you pads just like today. Yeah. I'm like, you, I'll do this for you. I'm not the best pad feeder, but if you want to work, you know, I'll give it to you. And, and that's that's the problem. Like, I realized that my, my biggest problem when it comes to training is me because sometimes it's be like yeah i'll just feed pads everybody i'm like oh crap where all my my pad feeders go but it's um when i was there i did nothing but bag work dutch drills and sparring the whole time i was there i trained with their whole pro muay thai team guys that have had like 14 17 fights you know stuff like that their their thai coach his name's Derek. he's a really cool dude um and uh and yeah they um like it my last day there I believe I did 40 rounds of sparring before I took off. So, like, it was it was pretty chill time. It was awesome. I think I've done 40 rounds of sparring in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. took a good uh, year off your life. <laughs> <laughs> it got my. I noticed you looked older when you got back. <laughs> got my cardio, my in my reflexes going. That's what I, I needed. Know. So I just I just needed to shock something to shock my system. I've been in super coach mode for like the last like. Six months. Super coach, that's you. Yeah, yeah. Super I've, coach Tim. I've been in super coach mode for like the last six months, so I just need to get my ass kicked. And that's that's what happened. And I walked out of there, and they're all like, "You should do TBAs." So I'm thinking of doing a Thai boxing tournament in, in June. So there you go. Where's hey, that? It's in Iowa. It's uh, it's a three day weekend event. I have to fight. I have to have four fights uh, in three days, and I'm looking forward to it. You crazy? <laughs> what was that? Absolutely wild. crazy. What was that Muay Thai fight you were talking about earlier? That is, that is it. That's it. It's yeah. in Iowa. Yeah, t- it's TBAs. Yeah, I, I mean, can't. I can't believe that they allow same day or back to back competition with you, combat sports. Still, you weigh in the the day before, and they they're trying to run it like kind of like old school Thai style, which is like you know some Thais fight three four times a week. Yeah, and and it's trying to get the sport exposure. Mm-hmm. It's to get rankings because I'd be fighting in C class because I have under nine fights. Yeah, and in uh, and, and yeah, it's it's there's going to be six hundred Thai fighters there. Yeah. Wow. It's it's I, awesome. It's super badass, but there's absolutely no way medically that I mean it's not it's safe, safe in general. But to get hit in the face really GD hard and then say okay I didn't get knocked out and I won this decision after a tough fight. I'll go in and I'll just do another one. I agree, you know, that, I agree with you, but they're also not wearing those, you know, razor blades that you'd wear in an MMA uh, for an MMA glove. You're, they're wearing, you know, big ass pillowed gloves. But chances are, I gotta wear headgear, and I think you gotta wear shins. I'm not pretty sure, sure that's all been proven though. Now that it's worse, I yeah, hate headgear. Is worse. Yeah. I never train with headgear because I can't see. You lose sight half, of hooks half and head kicks. Half yeah. the yeah, stuff yeah, coming. It's like you have tunnel vision. Yeah. My face can't move. Like I've broken my nose twice, and one of the times is because I was wearing headgear. You gotta start doing more of the gentle art, my friend. <laughs> Getting that jujitsu. You know? I got my blue, I got, I got my blue belt. We I gotta am, work on the next one. I mean, I I, <laughs> right? I devoted. It's always seven, surgery. It's no big deal. I put I put about five hard years of jujitsu training in when I got my like and uh, and then I, when I blew out my knee, um, I was out for like eight months and I had to choose 
I either worked striking or worked grappling, and and I chose striking Poorly. because oh, <laughs> I, I, I chose striking because that's actually what the schools that I was at, um, Guy Chase Academy, mm. Nostos, actually uh, primarily Nostos, that's what they needed. So I decided to focus on that, improve my skills so I could improve everybody else's. I think the most you already have Devin for your jujitsu coach. Like there's not a better one. Sorry, guys. You I think uh, the most shocking thing about this multiple uh, fights in a very short period of time is that it's in Iowa. I didn't even know things happened in Iowa. That's <laughs> amazing. There, yeah. no, they, they, it's the only place they can get regulated. Yeah. They do a tie camp. I see a lot of wrestling over You're there. It's going to be in, in a cornfield. <laughs> it's actually it's run by Arjun Shai. He's the first Thai to bring Thai boxing to America. and he run, It's called the TBAs because it's the Thai Boxing Association of America. It's one of your idols. To be announced. That's what I thought. I don't know the name yet. Nobody knows who they're fighting. I was in Iowa City one time and like in the summertime. It was the hottest fucking place I've ever been on this earth. That makes no sense. And it was humid. Like that's the part that made no sense. Corn radiates. The humidity. Like the corn gives off humidity or something. That's the only reason. That's the only reason the children the children of the corn are so pissed. It's hot. It was so fucking hot. Crazy movies down there. It was brutal. So I got so normally we don't really have like a you know a dude and his students. Um, so I'm interested in like my friend Devin and what like you guys have trained other places. Like what's cool? Um, why did you come here and why you know why do you stay why do you stay here with this guy? I'll be honest. I <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll be honest. Like, it, it's uh, my friend when I I left Guy Chase Academy for. There are multiple reasons. I'm not going to get yeah, into that. Yeah, you don't have to get into that. Uh, but my friend Jason has been talking <laughs> and talked about Devin beforehand. He goes like, "Yeah, you know where the shop was." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, Jonesy and all of them." He's like, "Yeah, well, it's not the shop anymore. It's Nostos." And Devin Powell runs it. I'm like, "I have no idea who the fuck that guy is." <laughs> so I rolled in. Here, I, <laughs> I rolled in. The first thing I noticed is Cody Lightfoot doing oh, pad no. work, and he fired <laughs> off. Yeah, and he fired off the nicest mid kick I've ever seen a 200 plus man fire. I'm just like I'm like he's a handsome fella. I'm like I'm like I'm like okay. And then this tatted up dude with uh you know a ginger beard (laughs) walks right up to me. He's like and I'm wearing my Bruce Lee shirt. And he's like hey how are you? And I'm like hi I'm Tim. I'm looking for a place to train. I've been doing this for a little while and and uh, I'm moving to Dover. And then I moved away from Dover and I live in Seabrook and I'm still training here because everybody's here is awesome. He calls this place Nostos because it's welcome home and and I feel like I'm home when I'm here. And everybody's like a brother or a sister or or like an unwanted nephew. So it's just like, you know, because of when I teach you kids. So. <laughs> I did have to pay yeah, take him responsibility. Like $6,000. Like, once he saw that I was the person running this ship, it's like, please stay. I will. I will just give you everything to just stick around and teach some people because I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever you want, <laughs> take it. No, no I, I was happy to teach when when you asked. Absolutely, because um, the, well, it makes me happy, and I love to give back to. Like, if I wasn't doing martial arts, if it never happened, I'd be, you know. I mean, originally from Seabrook, because I probably have a needle in my arm, or I'd be dead, or you know, in prison, or you know. 
hanging out on the beach right now in the freezing. A little bunch of beach. Right. <laughs> just have like, you know, have like a couple of like, throwing rocks like, at somebody. Like two or three or 12 baby mamas that I don't know and like blah, blah, blah. Like, like no, it's giving me direction and purpose and I want to give that back to people I care about. So, yeah. like Martial arts is mainly giving me the ability to choke people. <laughs> It didn't. Yeah, and then it I, took I think, it away. I don't think I'd have a needle in my. Really? I think I'd be doing the exact same thing, but I just wouldn't be as happy because yeah. I wouldn't get to choke people. <laughs> I haven't choked anyone in seven weeks, and it's been tough. <laughs> so you what? That, what you got that you, itch every now and then. You ripped your bicep off. Uh, my bicep tendon. Bicep tendon tore. Tore. Because turns out arm bars work. <laughs> we'll take They're a picture. Extremely effective elbow. in MMA fights. Oh, yeah. so let's throw that out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, the move, that's the one move you'd land. Oh, yeah, every yeah fight, it's right? three fights. You know, first round submissions all day. <laughs> Colton, why? Awesome. What makes uh, what makes Devin a, a good coach? Oh man, just just the time he puts in. You know, it was just him being a fighter and just him being in the gym, just taking that two seconds to show you that move. Just not even fighters. First time guys, you know, first time people. He's the first person to be in there and showing them, hey man, this is this is how you pull guard. This is the first step that you do. This is the first steps that you take, and beyond that, just his knowledge alone, just on MMA, jujitsu, boxing, and everything. He's willing to show you every trick in the trade. I walked in here. Uh, one of my buddies like, hey man, I found this new gym. He's up in uh, up in pretty much up in the woods, you know, up in Maine. And I'm I'm from Massachusetts. I've trained at Redline, gone down to Boston, gone to a couple other places. I'm like, sure, man, I'll go with you. Let's see what's about. Walked right in here, felt a homey atmosphere. Every Everybody was kind, willing to talk to you, you know, wanted to help you out, wanted to uh, help you learn everything. And, you know, I've, I think I've been here for two years, and I've been coming here ever since. Crazy. And it's just, yeah, like, it's I started coming here one day, one day a week, and now it's like two days a week, three days a week, and now... This uh, now we're hanging out, drinking beers, you know, podcast, talking around, like, <laughs> just, it's hanging out, just you know, having a great root time. Beers. It's, it's past, <laughs> it's past the point. Uh, yeah, root beers. It's past the point of just training now. Like, you know, he's he's offering like his house to me. He wants to help me out. Just pass, you know, the cage, everything else. He offering everything to me. Just that type of guy. You know, you can't ask for anything more. No. Like there's there's people around you, you know it could be great people in the gym you know you can't be the best of friends but you know sometimes it'll be the great the greatest look that's phenomenal you can still have your own relationship but you know if you can develop a friendship on top of you know the fighting relationship and everything else it's something special yeah, and it, if you really like that and it's it makes that much of a difference to you you're surrounded by positive people you know everybody's gonna raise you up and you hopefully can raise them up as well. Colton's made. Uh, such an impact at the academy as well though because he's he's been here a while now i didn't realize how long it's crazy yeah well, started getting memories on facebook yeah. all of a sudden i'm like getting tagged in photos but, i'm like has it been that long yeah. it, it has but he uh he he's worked with everybody since day one and he's at the point now that he's even cornering fighters here yep. at at upcoming events you know he's he's cornered looking before, forward he's to cornering it. this week and um, for NEF, for Austin R. He's my baby. He's yeah. my wrestling baby. <laughs> and and I, we've even talked everything. about our, our plan is to have a MMA um, for wrestling, or wrestling for MMA, rather, class here. And we're planning That's on having great. Colton with, with Ross teaching it, you know, where we can have wrestlers just wrestling or MMA fighters learning how to wrestle. MMA rounds, working off the cage, yeah. just like a different things, putting things together, you know, combination. You know, everybody here knows Muay Thai, everybody here knows Jiu Jitsu. Now for the fighters and the advanced guys, get that a little bit more, get different knowledge, 
and you know just try to expand it though everybody as a whole you know as fighters and you know as people and get a shot you can learn a damn takedown yeah everybody needs to learn how to <laughs> brawl jack everybody, what do you think about all this man what do you think about this place? Just high off the eggs. So you're yeah. <laughs> he's in an egg he's coma. That, he's off that protein. good protein. <laughs> <right now. laughs> um, I like it because Devin doesn't charge me. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honestly. It's also a fact. That no, might be the reason it's that a, it's I, an open no, door. No, no, no. I don't have a big no, house. A, <laughs> <laughs> or a wall with money yeah. in it. That's why he's willing to Mine's filled up with money. No, it's just, um, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere here. And, um, Devin's just a really good guy. I mean, hang out. Oh, we're we're buddies now. We hang out. Our kids are good friends. and yeah. uh, Go see Blink shows together. Yeah, oh, we man. take our kids to concerts. So, you know, hopefully we'll go to that Journey concert. Oh. Yeah, and he's devilishly handsome. <laughs> don't stop believing. Here's my perspective. I've been to a lot of, like, jiu-jitsu academies. And the thing that has always kind of bugged me about certain academies, and you can tell it, by their students, because their students don't end up being that good. <laughs> I'll say that I'm an asshole. Um, but <laughs> That's why we certain, brought you on here. <laughs> we needed a dick. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, certain, certain teachers will like just teach the same shit over and over, and like they'll teach. Oh, you get to side control. What are you gonna do? Oh, Americana. Awesome. Uh, the thing, like, because I'm not a student at Nostos, but I come here every now and again. I'll grace them with my. With my beneficent presence. Um, <laughs> but, like, you never know what the hell Devin's going to teach. It's might be, it might be something lie. weird, but it's always something, like... It's not always something outside the box. He teaches a lot of inside the box, too, because you've got to cover the fundamentals. But he's not scared to, like, teach, like, more technical shit, I guess is what I'm saying. Despite who's in the class. And, like, I think some instructors shy away from that too much. Because... It's more about, in jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, being exposed to stuff. Like, whereas, like, a white belt might not get it, what you just taught. But six months from now, like, they're going to remember that move and it's going to click. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I see that happen, like, all the time with people where all of a sudden they, they learned, you know, how to invert. And now that new thing, that thing you taught them from there, makes sense to them. So it's just more about, like, exposure. And I think you expose people to a lot of things unlike jay he exposes people yeah. to things but it's mostly it's his so one day we can be doing basic guard passes just fundamentals you know working working from guard basic shrimping then the next day we're doing rolling leg locks rolling through this that and the other and just <laughs> yeah. doing calf crushers and it's way over certain people's heads but it's great to have that exposure crushers. as well you know just being put in that situation now you're like oh you know somebody can rip off my cat fear or my ankle you know just for that fact you know that technique is exposed to you makes a world of a difference yeah and on, when and you're like, in competition all of a sudden like oh no <laughs> and a lot of schools won't cover any of that new no. stuff like a lot of schools they're like oh yeah we don't do uh heel hooks or foot stuff like or no, slicers well if you go to like a nogi competition somebody's gonna rip your ankle off it's in the rules mm. you better have learned it yeah. like yeah. Yep. If you're scared to do it in your academy because someone might get hurt, you just probably shouldn't do jiu-jitsu. Like, I got hurt doing an arm bar. And, or not doing an arm yeah. bar, getting an arm bar <laughs> right. done, done to me. What's going on? You got, got, got hurt. Well, I'm not going to break. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, it must have been Donald. Yeah. No, He's so it, strong it, that you arm bar him and your arm blows right. up. <laughs> right. no, just thinking about right. arm bar. And it, it, was nobody, it was nobody at Port City, man. Right. Oh. So, a year ago... We were sitting here. You were four and one. Jeez. You were yeah, Wait, just a year ago. 
One year ago. That can't be true. It's yeah. true. He has had yeah, five this, fights. This, this crazy week. Yeah. Yeah, the crazy he has year. Had, he has had five fights in like maybe 18 months. Well, I no, I had I had four fights in exactly, to the day, six months. And then I got pretty hurt in that last one, even though I won. And then I had to recover. And then that, that fight got me signed. I don't know and why. And I had another one like five months later. Yeah, so you had six fights. You trying to check out my yeah. crib sheet? I don't know why I'm four questioning nine. George, because he's got oh, four five. pages of notes here on four different types of paper <laughs> that were done with three different writing utensils. <laughs> First time I've ever even written we notes. Make I, did, and I, write it down I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't know that George was homeless until just yeah. now. But so I'm Devin's here tonight. offering people his house. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Go over I'm gonna be living here. So you were supposed to fight a guy named Peter San Antonio or something. It's I Peter was like, San Antonio, we were talking yeah. about it in the other, like in the you other room. Back or something? Huh? You listen back? To yeah, that. I listened to the last podcast okay. and. Uh, I was like, man, I don't remember that fight. So what did he pull out? And then you ended up with uh, yeah, Jeff so, Anderson, right? Yeah, at the uh, combat was, zone. Yeah, so, uh, man, basically <laughs> that was a barn burner. I, uh, a weird that, fight. It, it's hard sometimes when you you get so invested in coaching that you, you kind of can forget about yourself. I don't know. I, I did uh, I did that tap cancer out tournament and, as a brown belt just because really I, the biggest reason I don't compete in jujitsu often and things are changing big time and I think after I retire from MMA. I might try and compete for money because I'm so selfish and I just care about money. <laughs> um, but basically, the reason that I competed in that tournament is because you can uh, you can enter as a uh, as a brown or a black belt, and it doesn't cost money for you to to enter into the tournament. And they told me like we just want a lot of brown and black belts to compete because it'll get more people in and interested to watch, and it'll raise more money. So I was like, all right, I'll just do this, you know. Um, so I did the tap cancer out tournament and I won as brown belt. So I was like, uh, you know, I'm still probably decent in this sport. Maybe I should Only fight. decent. <laughs> Only so, decent. Like, but really before that, at that point, I wasn't even sure like where, where the fighting thing was going to go. And then Calvin Cater, a good friend of mine asked me if I wanted to fight for a combat zone. And it's hard when you love a sport, when somebody asks you to fight, you're kind of like, yeah, I do want to fight. So they offered me Peter San Antonio, good wrestler. He used to fight back Tim in the day. Tim is like the a GFL child. Days. He's either in or he's out. He's, he's, I want to join the sock party. You're all wearing socks. I'm not. He's okay. a, Get your phone and see if you can play that Hello Kenshin video so I can hear my crazy band. Is that working? Um, I didn't. All right. Well, anyways, um, the fight is a week out, and Peter San Antonio pulls out because he has some firefighter exam, so he can't fight me, which is awesome. One of those surprise yeah. exams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just pops up. You and know, then, uh... Really important for your job or something. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but regardless, they had a dude that was looking to fight Jeff Anderson, and he was like, uh, I think he was 11 and 10 at the time. So he had 21 fights or so, and he knew... Ex- yeah, he had you know, a lot he'd of He'd been around, and he'd gone to the, to the scorecards with some great fighters, like Bissette went to the... Uh, went to a decision with him and some other amazing fighters um so it was like kind of like holy crap i um i'm getting quite a flip here as far as like competition i'm getting a dude that was like one in one or two and one and i was four and one to a guy who's 11 and 10 and it's like all right whatever i'll go for it you know i train hard you know so i'm ready to you know i'm ready to go in there and just compete i got family that's planning to come down eight hours from elegash maine so I took the fight, went in there, and uh, I mean, I, he was a tough, tough dude. I feel like I dominated the whole fight. 
I cracked his yeah, elbow well, three times in this crazy arm lock. I had a triangle, I feel yeah, like, for a while. I, I literally elbowed, I elbowed off a few of his dreadlocks. That's, yeah. like, and that was, a, I feel like, the biggest reason I didn't finish him was yep. because his dreadlocks were on the back of his neck and they were like wrapped around to, to triangle him. And it was like he had a pillow on the back of his head keeping yeah. him nice and cozy. It's like your ginger beer with yeah. scenes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so basically, I fought him. Uh, I won the decision. And then it was just, you know, it was just a landslide from there. I uh, I don't know, are we, do you want me to get into the whole, yeah, the whole ride here? Yeah. So right after that fight, I think that was February 4th, maybe? February 5th, I think. 5th. And then April um, 23rd. Yeah, so I got offered to fight Jesse Erickson, a good friend of mine now. Um, we were just going to have a fight, uh, nothing nothing special to it, but um, basically uh, uh, three weeks, I think, before the fight, they were like, hey, Bruce Boynton needs to retire the belt. He's uh, he signed a World Series of Fighting, such and such, and we want to know if you guys want to fight for the title. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, I'm training hard. Why not win a belt if I win? So they switch it up, and I go in. I uh, I I take the fight, um, and I, I win by first round TKO. Um, before that fight even happened, World Series of, uh, of Fighting contacted me, asked me if I would fight at Mohegan Sun, and I told him yes. Um, so after that fight, I went right into camp. I fought um, uh, Tom Tommy, Marcelino. Tommy Marcelino. Yeah, Tommy Guns, super nice dude, great yeah. guy, tough fight. Um, I had to corner that yeah, uh, and it was it was a weird one too because my corner, um, he was fighting the next day, so like I, I don't want to like knock him for it, but it definitely messed up my my preparation for the uh, actual fight itself because he didn't make it to corner me, so he's supposed to warm me up with pad work and stuff, and he doesn't show up because like he had a rough weight cut or or his girlfriend's. Um, his girlfriend's opponent had a rough weight cut. I don't know how it worked exactly, but basically they're like, we're just going to stay where we are and not come down to corner you. And we're going to get ready for our fight, which I, I probably, you know, I probably shouldn't have even asked him to corner me. That's a big responsibility for somebody who's fighting the next day. Basically we're like, Oh, we need to find somebody out in the crowd. And <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pad Monkey Tim is like, Hey, I'm here. Okay. I'll, I'll come out back. And I'm like, kind of like, all right, well, you know, NBC's, Giant fight league is like, all right, you know, you know, you, you're gonna be fighting in a minute. You better like get ready and stuff. And then Tim shows up and huzzah! Okay, here's my warm up. Now I'm starting. Panic starting to move away. And then boom, I'm walking out. These giant cameras in my face. So you know, it's kind of a little weird, but I I get the decision. I uh, I feel like a lot of times when I fight, people try and stall out, and I feel like that happened in that fight too, and it frustrates me. I try just to 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 attack, 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 standing or on my back. And a lot of times, people either try and hold me, or if they get in my guard, they'll refuse to try and pass. They won't really hit me, and, and it's really just a almost like a point scoring uh, point scoring match, and it gets pretty frustrating. But yeah, that's kind of what happened there. Elbowing the piss out of yeah, get past those darn wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that fight happened, and you then, get a lot of striking off your back. I yeah, remember, oh yeah, I remember that. Extremely one. active. Yeah. Um, had to be. And I talked I actually talked to him after the fight. Like yeah. I saw him when we were eating. He's a super nice guy. 
And like, I had a good talk with him, man. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of respect for that kid. He was like, super nice. uh, he came, he came and hugged all my family members after the fight. Yeah. He, we were right in the Thunderdome, too. You know, like all his fans. Yeah, they were pissed. They started to they get all a little rowdy at first. Crazy. Yeah, they were, <laughs> he'd fought for them four times, and he was way closer to home than me for that fight. Right. You know? He just so, fought again. He had quite yeah, he yeah, won yeah, at Madison did, Square Garden. Yeah. Did he win nice. first round? Yeah. First round, round guilty, yeah. So I'm sitting there in the crowd for that one, mm-hmm. and Gary texts me, and he's like, "Hey, where's the? Uh, what did, so what did you no, text? You're I, like, I was running a little late because I had to drive from work, straight from work to get there, several states away, and uh, so I arrive." And I'm like, dude, is it in the... I'm looking at signs. That place is huge. What is yeah, it? the biggest casino in the world. Yeah. Tell me about not fun when you're cutting weight and yeah. you see all these crazy lights and cigarette smoke everywhere mm. and like... I spend a whole dude, bunch of money. sucks. <laughs> and you're going from point A to point B going down these giant elevators and then going through this whole casino it's to go zoo. to media obligations. This place stuff, is dude. insane. So Good I text, Chinese food though. I, I text George and I'm like, is it in the... I'm looking around, I see a sign. Is, is it in the Fox Theater? And he goes... Sure. <laughs> Which is not... I was sitting in there, dude. I don't is, know. I'm it's like, not the most, like, confidence-inspiring like, like, screen or anything, but... Yeah. It's like, assemblies if you were like, hey, we just hooked up, do you have AIDS? And the girl said, sure. You'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to probably go get tested. But anyway, I took his tentative advice, and I walked all the way to the Fox Theater, which was <coughs> probably a mile. And I'm running at this point. Like, I think... Devin's fight is gonna happen very soon. Yeah. So, and I, I hand the lady my ticket, and I don't look at the sign, and I go to just I run into the into the into the arena, and it was um it, it was the Thunder from Down Under, which is the Australian male strip club. <laughs> that was close. I said Chippendale. Yeah, it was the Thunder from Down <laughs> I Under. Used to work there once. Very excited and, to be uh, there, huh? <laughs> the woman stopped me as I was entering, and she was like, "Um, yeah, I don't think you's gonna want to see this." <laughs> And I was like, I gotta go. I'm running late. And she was like, This is naked man. <laughs> and my my response to her was, I was like, Well, they'll this be wearing they'll be wearing shorts. And she was like, No, they ain't. <laughs> and I looked at the sign over my head, and it was a thunder from down under. Nice. And I I hurried um, in, and I only stayed for like a half an hour. It was really, really tastefully done. Uh, but no, anyway, great so, show, great show. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it turns out. Did that, you get some numbers? Uh, <laughs> well, yes. Uh, some it, it, it turns out that the that the theater that it was in was at the exact opposite end of the largest casino in the world. I don't know if you were getting you some cardio work in. I don't like cardio, but I jogged the whole way in sandals. <laughs> and, uh, I think the moral of the story is. Never listen to George. Never. <laughs> Never. You should have known that already. Yeah. I don't know what I, you I were didn't, thinking. I didn't. But and then you were like, the fight's about to start. And I get that text. And I get in there. And I, I did like a 45-minute cushion. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to, you know, make you get there. So you weren't showing up. You wanted someone to drink do you beer. Know how much longer I could have seen the thunder from down there. Yeah. Yeah. Seen the thunder and the uh, light. Yeah. 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 Forty-five more minutes. I owe you. I owe you. Sorry yeah. about that. But that was pretty cool. Like there was a lot of big names there. Like wasn't Chael Sonnen like. He announced my fight. Yeah, yeah. Was cool, you know? I saw him backstage I used to watch afterwards. Him in WEC, you know, he's a hero back in the day. That was actually the league that I watched before the UFC. Yeah. You know, he's, that's he's what got me into fight. the fight game. Not, yeah, not so much Colt, his last fight. That's Colton style. Yeah, yeah it's Colton style. Weird, so uh, I watched, I sat up and watched all those fights after your fight. Yep. And that, the last fight, um, man, I forget his name that's now. The Pygmy. Yeah. The, yeah, but, the Pygmy's, Pygmy's friend. His uh, buddy, Papa Bear or something. Yeah. Or 
Dude, that was a tough that right. fight, man. Like Five I mean, rounds with heavyweights never happens. That was, and those guys were that just. Happened. It was unbelievable, man. Yeah. It was like, sort of like had an impact on my life watching that fight. Yeah. Like I was like Jesus, yeah, because I was in the front row, like where you know whatever, like where you. So I really got to see like those two dudes. They went to war, man. Some F O F battle. Yeah. Oh man, like it was unbelievable. I wish I could. Wish I could think of the other guy's name, uh, yeah. but it was amazing. Yeah. That's funny. Every time after a fight with it's, it's Devin's fight or anybody from those, those, I am unconcerned about the other fights of the night, and I just try to go rip it up with with the fighters all the time. So I was out celebrating my fight, and I was at like some weird like casino bar, and Tommy Marcelino's there. We're celebrating. They have the TV on, and I'm just watching that fight. Like, I didn't see it in person because we yeah. come out, we wanted to see all our family and friends. And yeah, stuff. You, gotta, you gotta talk to everybody. Everybody like, wants oh to see you. God. You're famous, you know. At that point, <laughs> everyone wants to give you a hug, tell you how great a job you did. Oh, you're a god. That was that was an incredible fight. It really was an incredible fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you won a split decision. Yep. And then what? So what happened? Like, how did the next? Like this was in June. Yeah. So, so you'd already had a third fight in yeah, like four so, months. And I'd like to point something out before he answers that. I went to his room after this. And his, yeah, his his foot. What was it, your right foot? Oh, my Lord. Was, I wouldn't even call that a foot. I'd just call that a blob. Do you, think something, do you think something's wrong with this? And they pulled the... He was under the covers for some reason. He pulled the blanket back. I hidden from common people. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's probably... You should probably get that checked out I by someone. By someone that amputates limbs? <laughs> so you think it was broken? I think I had to have at least fractured that foot. It was... I've never... I don't think I felt that much pain ever. Like, both my feet were swollen after my last fight, and they both hurt pretty bad. But I woke up that next day, and I was just like, sweet, sweet Jesus, I can't move. <laughs> and that foot was just like... It was like in a crazy rave of its own, and it yeah. was just giant. I couldn't walk on it at all. It was real, real bad. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that was rough. Um, but basically, after that fight, I, like as Gary was saying, I was pretty jacked up on Mountain Dew, or oh, yeah. in other words, my foot was really messed up. Um, but even before that, so my health was pretty pretty off for a little while. Like, bef- like the the Jeff Anderson fight, it was a little mm-hmm. funky because I I cut weight, made weight, and then the. Uh, my opponent's coach had some health issues, which was really unfortunate, but he couldn't make weigh in. So I had to cut weight the next day so that I was in within 10 pounds of right. him that next day. So I went to the fight in a sauna suit to make weight, which is no, no good for the body, you know? And then after that fight, I, uh, I've always had like kind of a beat up back and neck that kind of give me issues here and there about almost a whole month before I fought Jesse Erickson. I, I, I threw out my back and I couldn't. I couldn't even come close to touching my toes. I couldn't roll the entire fight camp. Almost. And you're normally crazy flexible. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty flexible, and I, I couldn't bend over at all towards my toes. I um I had to corner a couple of our fighters. I think um, who was it? Was it uh, it was Ross, Caroline maybe? Uh, so the fighters that you had during your Ca- it was camp. Caroline and Keegan and Adina fought. Caroline, and, Keegan, Adina, and Ross. Ross yeah, so, and, yeah. yeah, so so I had to take them to weigh-ins and. That that like set my back my back off so bad because I drove somebody else's car and then the next day I like couldn't move. 
when we were waiting for them to to go to the arena, basically to fight, I was sitting in their bathtub taking a hot bath just so I could move enough to corner them. I couldn't do anything to help them prepare for their fights. And this was three weeks or could have even been two weeks before I fought Jesse Erickson. I was super jacked up. On yeah, if him. I recall correctly, I halfway yeah. through practice and jiu-jitsu practice, you're just foam rolling away, yeah. stretching, using uh, you know the two little balls things, yeah. duct taped together for your back just to get limber enough yeah. to do a I couple remember rounds. You were working out and like basically conditioning yourself just so that you could be in good enough shape for me to feed you pads. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I switched my stance from that point on just to to change my hips up enough so that I could hit pads a little bit. To get ready. Other than that, I pretty much fell in love with that '80s Schwinn uh, Aerodyne bike <laughs> to, to lose weight and to to just train. So like, it's probably a good thing I won that Erickson fight in the first round because I, <laughs> I couldn't train hard at all. That you know? was the most and, uh, savage beating I ever saw of a man. In, in a first-round fight. Like, it's one of those oh, things you know. hate like, thinking about. Well, that, I, that, that, that one where you beat the guy with the elbows was probably the most savage one I've seen you uh, I, I, put on I, somebody. I didn't see that one. It was horrible. I saw, I saw that one live, and I'm just, I saw you go in there, and like he didn't really do much because you didn't let him, and then you got him in the clinch. You got him with a beautiful knee, and like, you know, you hit him with a lot of other awesome tools. You fell down, and then your elbows come in. Your elbows... I know you're a jiu-jitsu guy, but you use your jiu-jitsu for your elbows. I like your elbows. Your elbows are, are very Your beautiful. spider limbs is what it is. But basically, so we got we got through uh, we got through that that fight with Marcelino. So what I was basically trying to say is like I was hurt for a long time. I got through Marcelino, my back was still hurt because I never let it heal for the uh, the title fight. And then I was already contracted to fight for World Series of Fighting, which you can't say no to one of the biggest leagues in the world. And I get through that fight. I get the win. And then from there, I go out and I... Uh, we got a couple folks rolling out here. They're trying to say they're sick, we're they're sick of our act we, we already. We got a 45-minute ride and a whole bunch of snow. We got our Massachusetts <laughs> yeah. bound. We got to get out of here. Crappy driving yeah, tonight for sure. Yeah, I got to drive too, yeah. but I'm um, chilling. Right. So, like... You weren't even so for like the Lemke thing. You weren't even like on that card, man. Right? I mean, originally it was like they were doing the Dana White thing, and you weren't even a part of it. Yeah. So after I fart, after I fart, don't fart, no farts. <laughs> after I fart, I felt good. <laughs> after I fought Marcelino, I I said I'm done with MMA for a bit. Your LCL was messed up too, right? No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> of, course, of course, I hurt myself more. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, I fought Marcelino. I fought him hurt, just like I fought Erickson hurt. And I was like, I, I need to respect my body if I'm going to do the sport for any longer. You know, I got a, a win for World Series of Fighting. It's a big league. And at that point, it's like, all right, if this is going to be a career and if I'm going to teach at this academy for a long time, I got to actually respect my, my body and listen to it. So it's like I'm done. So a lot of fighters they they like to indulge in things and after that fight, you know, drinking, eating good food for once and doing whatever and just not training to, to try and let my body heal. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later or three weeks or a month later, I basically get a call while I'm, I think I was maybe with Jack at a concert. But I was hanging out with, with my fiance and just like drinking, having a good time. We go to the show, and I get a message saying, hey, we got NEF, Dana White looking for a fight coming up. 
and one of the opponents just got hurt. Would you like to fill in? And it's three weeks out, just under three weeks out, and I'm drunk at some concert. <laughs> Blink-182. Yeah, something like that, man. And I get this message, and my foot still, I can barely walk on. It's still messed up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll fight. You know, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. You can't say no to it. So I say yes, and then all of a sudden I'm thrown to fight camp, and I'm, again, monitoring what I'm doing because I can't throw things the way I would like to. And then I get through that, that training camp three weeks, you know, pretty much just trying to get my wind back up because you got to trust your technique. And I go out. First thing I do, I think I threw my hurt foot and I kicked <laughs> him in the face and my foot felt like it was like I shattered it in half. Ugh. And then, uh, the, you know, I felt good to fight though. You know, I, I, uh, I, he was a strong, strong puncher, real, real powerful. Caught me with a couple pretty good punches through my gloves and my arms. I feel like I dictated most of the fight, but about three minutes in, maybe, he threw a shot that just broke my nose right in half. It was pretty much a question mark, as I said, in the Dana White looking for a fight show. Um, so I, I, my biggest concern at that point was, are they going to stop this in between rounds if I don't finish it? Because I thought I had a glob of Vaseline on my cheek, but I tried to wipe it away, but it was just part of my face. <laughs> my nose was way off to the side. So... Uh, I kind of picked it up a bit. He uh, he threw a kick and I countered, dropped it uh, straight right down the pipe, hurt him, and I followed up, pursued him, and uh, caught him with a nasty right uppercut, dropped him, and then choked him. The, <laughs> the shittiest part about it is I sank my hooks and I threw in the rear naked choke and I felt my knee pop. And it just went, poof, it, po- it just yeah. basically popped out as I'm trying to choke him. And I was like, Gah! and for, part of me was like, don't verbally tap because it hurt so bad I wanted to scream for a second. Because I literally felt my LCL tear. And it was the stupidest time for it to happen. You know, I didn't get kicked. I didn't do anything wrong. I set my hooks and we just must have rolled the, the right way for it to happen. But I tore it. But I sunk my choke in, finished it. And then I popped up, sprinted over to the cage, hopped up and looked at Dana White, Dean Thomas, and uh, Matt Sarah. And just pointed at my shattered nose and just said, is my nose broken? And Dana just standing up, shaking his head yes, laughing. Yeah, I feel like so. he did you a favor landing that punch. Cause like, oh, yeah, it was there a was good some other, I'm if, happy it happened. From, yeah. the, from the video, there was like some other good fights that night. But I feel like Dana likes people that are fucking nuts. And like you looked like a goddamn psychopath. Yeah, that's some after adversity that. So yeah. Well, the blood from your nose just kind of added to your red beard. I feel like he digs people that... Can are pumped while their face is on sideways. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a goddamn Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So that was like life changer, right? I mean, life changing moment, dude, right? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's weird because like a lot of things went through my head at that moment because I I got the fit, uh, I got the win. It felt amazing at that time, but then, you know, it, fighting's a you go into a real deep, dark place for, to, to get into that cage. And after that fight, my daughter was there. And I went out back. I got checked out by the the doctors and stuff. Adam Rivera, one of my coaches and corners, in the cage. He had to break my nose back into place. And I went out back. My knee was torn. My foot was still messed up from before. And I hurt it even more because I kicked him right in the head right off the bat. And I limped out of the cage I didn't talk to Dana. I, I got to the locker room, and then I basically went to the locker room for a few minutes, was on that high for a few minutes, 
And then you kind of start settling down and start feeling all that pain everywhere, all over your body. And I go outside of the room and I slump down against the wall. And I just remember I'm sitting there in so much pain, just kind of sitting there like, what's going to happen now? And my daughter comes out and she sees me. And it was like one of the most heartbreaking things because she sees me and she wouldn't even give me a hug because she was almost scared of me. Because she saw how beat up I was. I was covered in blood. My nose was was broken. It was just kind of pulled back into place. And she, like, didn't even want to come over to me because she, she saw me get into that, that fight. And, like, you know, it, you know I hope she I looks back and kind of, like, yeah. you know, is proud for all the things I've tried and, and things I've done. But I didn't even know at that time if they were going to come talk to me. Right. You know, I didn't know who they were even – I knew who they, they were there for primarily, and that was that, that Brazilian kid. Um and he got signed as well. But uh, you just never know. You know, There was a lot like, of good fights that Yeah, night, man. Right? Ryan Sanders, I feel like he's good enough to be in the UFC for sure. And he fought that night. And he didn't even... He got talked to for a few minutes, but he didn't get on the show. Um, and there's some phenomenal fighters out there. And I just feel like I uh, I had a great opportunity. I hopped on it. And uh, I, I battled through some adversity. And it, it got me the opportunity. When he walked through those doors, man, like... It was just life-changing. But at the same time, when he did go through there, I feel like there's plenty of fighters that don't get the shot when they feel like they should, and they're completely right. I just feel like I got the right opportunity. But when he talked to me, I was like, yeah, you know, I, d- I deserve this. I work for this. And when he talked to me, it was almost as if he was my boss already. There's some people that, like, freak out and go crazy. I was pretty reserved and calm yeah, in there. You totally. know, when they talked to me, I just felt like, if he talks to me, you know, it's not going to blow my mind. You know, he could disregard me and not give me that shot, and that's the heartbreak of the sport. But if he does, you're like, yeah, hell yeah, I, I worked for this. I deserve this. So that, that's kind of my mentality. But that, that waiting game, man, it's rough. You know, this this game of, of MMA is, is uh, even when you win, sometimes you, you don't even feel like you won. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that show was like the most popular Dana White looking for a fight one yet, I think. I mean, it was yeah. huge. Like, Yeah, it's been big. They've been advertising it hard. There have been plenty of pay-per-views and stuff where they've they've advertised and showed me in the uh, the video, me like dropping Lemke yeah. with that uppercut and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it's crazy, you know, like it was over a million views in a matter of like two weeks, if that. Yeah, it's insane. So way less than that. Yeah. Like days, I think. I think it was like 800,000 within two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, uh, so like that changed, like, I mean, all of a sudden, man, I see you, you know, you got newspapers coming in, you got like, you know, was it like overwhelming? Was it, you know, I mean, you don't, you're not like a guy trying to get famous really, right? I mean, for the most part, was it weird? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was weird for sure. You know, it was one of those things that I feel like there's plenty of great fighters in the Northeast, like I've said. So I feel like they, anybody else would feel hopefully the same way as me. It's like, you're super appreciative, but you're also like, it's about time. You know, like I, I work so hard and there's guys that work so hard and they have losing records and it's, it's just, sometimes it's a flip of a coin. They could be five and oh but instead they're two and three you know yeah and it's just the the cards lined up the way that i've 
I've wanted them to and I've trained that way but there's guys that train that way and they get you know they just don't get the right flip and when all these things started going my way it's it's just like it, it feels right and uh, you know I, I feel like this is just what's supposed to happen and I'm just fortunate that I had you know the cards in my favor there, there's so many people that I feel like put in the same effort because they love the sport they just it just doesn't happen for them but uh so it was weird because it's it was different but I feel like it was deserved so I you know and I feel like I'm I'm marketable and I'm uh, you know a good person for it so you know it's it's been a really really cool experience but you know I uh I'm not I'm not surprised <laughs> not <first>. surprised <laughs> so somewhere in there like I don't know what the date was but where did you get your black belt you got your black belt in there somewhere yeah I uh I got my black belt about after that fight, it was probably uh, a month or two, two probably, two months after that fight. Um, yeah, we were doing a big open house at the academy, and I asked Jay to come down and teach at it, and uh, I don't know how it really surfaced, basically. I think my fiancé told him, like, hey, uh, if you're going to ever, <laughs> if you're going to ever give him this black belt, no, uh, if when you're going to give him his black belt, please let me know because I'd like to make a thing of it. But she had already had this open house planned and basically I think he said like, hey, I'd like to do it at this. Yeah. You know? So I had this big open house plan. It's crazy successful. It was so cool, man. We had so many people in here. It was wonderful. We had, we had a bunch of families of like five plus that signed up and are still going here just because of that. And uh, just to have all these people be there when when jay presented me with that black belt with with jim and derek there and it was just it was incredible you know it was it was total shocker i had zero clue um but all of a sudden i was a black belt <laughs> you know it was a pretty cool experience how did that change stuff yeah for sure you know it, it was uh you know i've always said each belt you get you get you know a bigger target on your back you know, people more and more want to uh, take you out because it, you know, it, it raises their stock. <laughs> but I, I think as a coach and as an academy owner, owner being a black belt means a lot, and that might not not always be the best thing um, as far as like how people's minds work, because there's black belts and then there's black belts. You know, there there's kids, and no knock on them. You know, it's awesome to see young kids do martial arts, but there's kids that do taekwondo for like a year and they're a black belt you know an eight-year-old black belt. yeah <laughs> which to be fair i could totally take <laughs> i don't know man like, dominate they, that they, child they, they, they got some good cardio but just looking at it you know seeing like all right their coach is a black belt yeah so like i want to train under a black belt but to people that don't know the sport and you see that they're they're a brown belt you don't even know what that means you know they could be like okay so there's white belt and then there's brown belt and then right. there's green belt but like so the black belt definitely means a lot as far as marketability. Um, so for the academy itself, I, I'm sure it's made some some differences, which has been great. Um, I don't. I, I've never had anybody come in like, yeah, well, you were a brown belt. Why well, I wasn't now, coming in so then? Here I am. But really, it's uh, there are things like like I said when there's there's great fighters out there that could be five and zero, oh, but instead they're two and three. Sometimes you just kind of, you know, you slip up, you know, but you keep plugging away and you slip up again. But the thing with, with BJJ is regardless of, like, 
how many times you get tapped. As long as you stay the course and you keep working hard, you're a good student, you help new students, you, you don't have to be the person that is the absolute best out there. You just need to be somebody that's deserving of a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You know, there's plenty of people that, like, you got guys like that that own a black belt that would get submitted by a blue belt now. You know, and it's just like yep. you got these collegiate wrestlers that are freaks that know how to guillotine someone with, with this crazy snap down. But you, you just got to live that that life, you know, and that's what I did. I, I fell in love with this sport a long time ago, and I just stayed the course. You know, I slipped up here and there. I had some family issues, whatever. and But, you know, I, I just somehow that belt get tied around my waist, and now I'm, now I'm here. It's an emotional day. Was. I got choked up. It was, dude. I did too. I did too. Um, I choked up for sure. Yeah, I remember talking to Jay before, yeah. you know, and uh, it was awesome that it, like, was a secret, yeah. you know, still. Like, it made it all the way. It blew my mind that, like... Um, Usually by the time I know about something... I yeah, know everybody knows. It, I knew about it. Um, so, then you got a call to fight in the UFC, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... And it was like, you had an opponent. You found out while you were cornering Ross. Yeah. You let us all know after his fight in the hotel. I remember that day. Yeah. Like, so that was the way that shook down basically was I uh, I did the Dana White show. And then um, uh, basically I went home from that. Dana White told me, like, I'm interested. Let's uh, pick up your phone. You know, that's what he said. And time went by, you know, day after day after day. I was hanging out with my dad. We went to Bull Moose Music in Sanford for some reason. I don't know what we're going to get. And I get a phone call, and it's just perfect that he. I was with my dad because he's my hero. You know, he's he's everything I aspire to be. He's the most hardworking dude that did everything to provide for his family. And I'm with him, and I get a phone call from Joe Silva, and he's like, "Hey, Devin, how are you?" And <laughs> uh, and I was like. Uh, good. Uh, he's like, this is Joe Silva, my uh, my boss, Dana. He told me to... Uh, <laughs> As if you don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, my boss told me that he's interested in you, you know, so I'm calling you to, to sign you to the UFC and tell you, like, you know, and went on basically like, all right, we're going to send you your contract, all the stuff, explained it, said how it works, all the, you know, the ins and outs of it and whatnot, and I put the phone on speakerphone so my dad could just hear this conversation because it's the craziest conversation of my life, you know. My last boss was, you know, like, not to knock her, but like a 60-something-year-old smoker that worked at a passport center that didn't seem to be too happy with their life, you know. And now all of a sudden I'm working for this multi-billion dollar corporation that is doing everything that I love in the world. Did so, you check, check to see if Joe Silva's a smoker? <laughs> yeah, I did. Just, just let me know. Marlboro, Marlboros or what are, what are those? Camels. Indian, Indian ones. Oh, yeah. You American Spirit. American Spirit. Yeah. Um, so what, it, like, when you, I mean, can you talk about, like, how it goes? Did you sign, like, a multi-fight deal yeah. at the time or whatever? Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, there's, like, you can look it up, like, uh, if you care. You can see, like, the pay grade and stuff. It's pretty simple basically oh, really? start a pay grade and then if you win fights it goes up or whatever but what you have to do is you need to you need to get through your contract to be able to renegotiate so they could have cut me after my last fight i didn't win but you know i fought pretty hard and i i think i i showed a lot of things and i you know 
I think I fought with class and dignity and uh, and had like know, a and, a huge style change of yeah. opponents at yeah, like right. not the last minute but pretty close yeah three week notice you know and um, I he think gets everybody to fight in the state uh, that he trains and with yeah. his teammates on the card. I think so. everybody around thinks that you, you put on a good show yeah. and deserved another shot, yeah. you know? Announcers, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I liked uh, Daniel Cormier. He was really yeah complimentary. Yeah, he said some really nice things, and that's cool. You're in the light heavyweight of the world saying all these things yeah. about me. But basically, I have a four-fight contract. As long as I fight hard and I, uh, you know, I got to get some wins in there. You right. know, the goal is never to lose a fight, so... Go in there, get my hand raised. You know, I, I hate losing. Everybody hates losing. If you if you don't hate losing, then you know you're gonna get taken out. Of you're gonna lose a lot. Quickly, you know, um, yeah, it's definitely not a sport that you can you can decide losing's okay. Right. You know, <laughs> you learn from it, but you don't have to be happy about it. It's, um, it's one of those sports where you don't get a trophy for participating. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think I mean not that I thought, but it seems like a fight where it's. Or a, a sport where it's way harder to take a loss. Like if you're on a football team or a basketball team, you and X number of other people lost as a yeah. group. If Johnny just gave me that yeah. assist. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> you can blame other people and things like that. Whereas like and fighting is so like primal and there's a lot of like ego wrapped up in it, like, oh he's a tough guy, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Where it's that's why I think a lot of people don't even go into it because yeah. they're scared to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lesser version of that is like losing in a jiu-jitsu competition, but that's like way lesser. <laughs> like no one's rocketing elbows at your right. dome. Yeah. Yeah. So was that like, because I mean, that's literally, I mean, you don't have a lot of experience losing. That's only your second loss. Yeah. Was that harder to take than the previous loss just because of the stage or... Yeah, no, it wasn't even stage. Honestly, it was uh, it was it was tough for sure. It's you know the last time I lost, I rifled off six straight. You know, um, I think I think f- uh, four of the six were first round finishes. Yep. You know, so um, so yeah, it, it was uh, it wasn't losing on that stage as much as much as it was losing to an opponent who seemed to be classless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, like, it's one thing, like, like the Cody Garibrand fight with Dominic Cruz and all that stuff, they had beef going into it, and he was crushing it. Like, he was yeah. doing a lot of things and looking good and had, like, a bit of a reason to, like, talk shit. Like, yeah. whereas your opponent didn't do a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like he was yeah, so, being a dick for almost no reason. So real quick, um, for people that are... Hopefully, still listening. I fought in Arizona on the BJ Penn BJ Penn versus Yair Rodriguez card. I was the main event of the prelims, um, and I fought a, a dude named Jakar Close, who was you know he was a state champ wrestler from Michigan. He wrestled D one, got a, a scholarship to wrestle D one. You know he's a good fighter. He was the number one fighter in Michigan, and he moved to to train at the lab with Benson Henderson. And a ton of UFC fighters at one of the best gyms in the world. So he's a talented dude. No knock on that. But we fought, um, as far as every single striking exchange, I started. I either threw a punch or a kick to start the exchange. And he tried to press forward off of that to try and counter and to try and hold me on the cage wall. 
And we had four different separations on the wall where the ref said, all right, you're not doing enough. We need to move. Which was so, too few separations. Yeah. Like, they let it go f- with him just leaning on he, you for excessive periods of time. He kept the fight going because of foot stomps. And I, it, was, yeah. it was a really weird variable because I never dealt with it, you know? So props to him, you know, because he got the decision and he was able to foot stomp his way to a victory, you know? That was enough activity for the ref to say, all right, he's stomping his feet. I'm not going to break you up. Oh, but he still saying? did four times. Well, I mean, I don't know why else. Because okay. I, he he threw one elbow in the third round. He hit me in the eye pretty well. He broke my orbital and he gave me ten stitches. You know, so he I feel like he could have broken and he could have done more if he wanted to. I just I I uh, it's hard to look back at it because it's like you like Glenn Kasabian, one of our fighters here. Somebody told him once the analogy for fighting is like you're getting thrown into a whirlpool and all you're trying to do is swim to the edge. It's what it feels like. It's hard to remember anything right. during. Yeah. Um, it's hard to even hear your coaches. It's My crazy. Last fight. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so it's hard to to think back and and think of what I was thinking. But then watching after, I'm trying to think about putting myself back in that position. Why would I be doing what I was doing? And it's hard to do that. You know, I had a good overhook, a good underhook, and I wasn't trying to spin him off the wall as much as I feel like I should have. But I think that with his wrestling pedigree being D1, I think that I I was expecting him to try and take me down, and he never did. So I was trying to hold him up and keep that from happening. And he was also stomping my feet. So I was moving my feet, and it was keeping me from making that quick switch. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, there's a lot of variables, and it's hard to look back and really know what you're doing. Um, yeah. But What do you take out of it, though, man? I mean, you, you learned... Oh yeah, you must learn from this thing. I mean, yeah, you go back and and you do you watch it a bunch of times, you know, or do you you know and try to like change stuff up or like you know you just move on and and uh, you know like what changes? You know, you bummed out at first, I'm sure, and then and then you how long how long did it take you to get back into training? Just till now, pretty much, right? Or I well, so more medical. Right, right, no, for sure, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, I uh, I suffered from an orbital break and uh, some stitches in my face, and then both my ankles were swollen and, and sprained from throwing a lot of kicks in the bottom of my right foot. I, I think I maybe had, like, a real slight tear on that, like, plantar fasciitis or whatever it is because yeah. the whole bottom of my foot bled out and it was all purple and stuff. Um, but I, I went and saw the Grand Canyon... And I went and saw Vegas for the first time ever after my fight. And then I came back. And the next day, I was in the academy training. Yeah. That was Thursday. So um, it was probably, what would that be? I fought on Sunday. So Sunday, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I took off. Thursday, I was training. Um, but I, I mean, I haven't been training crazy hard or anything. Um, me and you trying to kill each other. Really <laughs> that was good, man. Which is, but I mean, it's been three weeks. Today was the first time I threw hard kicks with, with Tim holding for me. Which felt good, letting that leg good. go a bit. You broke my um, stance. <laughs> but uh, still hurts. Yeah, you know the biggest takeaways are, uh, um, I mean, positive stance is that I can fight a kid that was the number one in the state that trains with the ex UFC fifty five champion of the world and a bunch of other, you know, UFC fighters who fought in the state he trains at. 
with three of his teammates and I went 15 minutes with him and he really didn't do anything that that made me you know made me look like I didn't belong there. Nah, you, you know? looked like you belonged he, in there, man. He, uh, For sure. You know, he had a strategy that he stuck to and he kept me pinned long enough to to rack up points, but I feel like I landed great shots. I landed uh you know some great kicks. I uh, I uh I just I didn't do everything that I'm great at. You know, there's there's things that I like to do in in fights that I I stuck from uh you know, I kind of shied away from uh he but the thing is he knocks everybody out. I went from fighting a guy that was that was a submission artist that was a brown belt under Hoist, I think, that submits everybody to somebody that knocks everybody out that has a great wrestling pedigree. Um, and I know that he comes over the top of the jab with a big overhand and, and that big right, and he puts people to sleep. And I was a little bit more tentative to throw that one, two right down the pipe, and that's how I set up a lot of finishes. So I got I to gotta just get back to the drawing board. Um, make a couple of changes, a couple of adjustments, but I feel like the Devin then could have still beat him, you know, with, with a couple of changes, you know, and, you know, maybe there's some things that he didn't do that he was a lot better at, but, uh, I don't feel outclassed. I just feel like I got outpointed and I, I lost to somebody that had a strategy from a great camp that just ended up winning and I didn't make the proper adjustments. Um, you know, and it's hard to deal with still, but, um, you get a lot better from a loss than a, than a win, that's for sure. If you're a true competitor, because it, it motivates you and it lights a fire to, to do a lot of new things and uh, to evolve, you know. A lot of times you win and you can become complacent, like, oh, it was good enough then, you know. I'll just kind of take some time off and just, you know, I'll get back to it whenever. But, you know, I was back as quick as I could, like a big F you on my shoulder, you know. Oh, dude. Yeah, and I mean, if you knock a dude out, like a one-punch knockout, there's not a lot to go back and learn from yeah, there. Right? <laughs> I guess I should do that again is all you could say. But. Yeah. <laughs> and and as far as the the classless thing there there's mm. there's like showmanship, you know, like when you when you're trying to sell a fight like at our weigh-ins, I I walked out there. I never talked to him before and you know, he didn't shake me by any means doing this, but like I walked out there to square off and he just kind of like like kind of moved back and forth like like a cobra ready to strike and looking me in the eyes. I was just being me smiling. And then, uh, he was, he, I just, I remember cause it was funny to me. He just said, yeah, baby. <laughs> and then, Is he talking dirty? I don't know. But, but after that, I put my hand up to shake it and he didn't shake it. And it was literally the only fight of, of the whole night where the opponents didn't shake hands. And then after the fight, like, well, actually, even in the middle of the fight, he he wasn't doing enough when I was on my back. He was standing over me where the ref was like, all right, separate, you know. And he moved yeah. back for a second, and then he, he oh, went yeah. in there like he like yeah. he wanted to hit me, you know. Yeah, and it was just this thing, the and the action. whole crowd booed. And he was from Arizona, Man. you know. It's just like, you you know, people don't like this, you know. You're, you're just looking like a punk, you know. I don't think he got a lot of new fans out of that fight. No, you know and then... Yeah, and then after the fight, I went over. You know, I knew I lost the decision. You know, he, I, I knew that he'd done what he, what he needed to do to, to get the nod. And I went over and I said, "Congrats!" And I put my hand out to shake it, and he, he kind of just like limp wristed, left his hand there, and he like didn't want to shake my hand at all. And I went over to Benson Henderson after, and I was just like, "Hey, man, you're, you're a hero of mine. I used to watch WEC, and you're one of the people that got me invested in the sport and in the reason that I started training." 
and he was just super nice. He's like, oh, thanks, man. That really means a lot. And, the, you know, like, that guy's been on the top of the world, and he's so good. And not not saying that this dude I fought couldn't be. I Part of me wants to see him get knocked out because he was not very classy. And part of me as a competitor wants to see him succeed because I went 15 minutes with him, yeah. and I feel like I could have done a lot better. I just didn't. It just wasn't my night. I'd like to sort of see him knock somebody out in the first round, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also sort of like to see him again in that octagon, you know, mm-hmm. and do some things differently. But yeah, you know, it was a it was a wild experience. So yeah. I heard a cool story about after the fight, somebody yeah. came up to you and said something pretty cool. Yeah, um, I can't think. Oh of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What a um, that so savage. Sav- put, he was amazing. He's unreal. You know, um, the dude's in the Matrix. He <laughs> is. So. Yeah, it, it yeah, was cool. He was in my corner, yeah, so like the whole uh, the whole week leading up to the fight, we all trained in the same room, Figured and then the other the oh, other oh. corner trained in another room. Um, so I get to see him hitting pads. I get to talk to him and his coaches and stuff. Super cool guy. And I went to the ER um, because it's just precautionary, and I had to get sewn up and stuff. So they they X-rayed my feet. They did a CAT scan. They sewed me up. BJ Penn's in the room right next to me, or the the bed right next to me. Crazy. His family's in the lobby, and finally I'm released after I'm cleared. And I go back to the arena to get some of my things, and I shower up because I uh, I refuse like all. This is me sounding really cool, just <laughs> so you guys know. I refuse all pain medication and stuff because I was like, no, don't give me anything. I want to have a toast with my team. Which I'm sure actually cooler people would be like, no, give me that. Stuff. Yeah, and then, then I'll, I'll drink, <laughs> and I'll be like super messed up. You're middle but, cool. but I was yeah. like, I was like that, that like lameo actually. <laughs> we'll just erase this part. Yeah, but, uh, we don't yeah, edit. I was much, like, yeah, we'll edit this don't out. give me anything. You know, I want to go have a toast with my team, my friends and family that are still waiting for me. I remember but I, was, I, I waited for you too. Yeah, I eventually get back to the arena. And I get my things, shower up, and I go out. And Yair's there doing interviews. And I go over to him real quick, and I was just like, hey, man, congratulations, great fight, or whatever. And I walk off, and he actually runs up and catches me, like, a few minutes later before I get to the car and stuff. And he just told me, hey, man, that was an amazing fight. You have so much heart. You're incredible. And he told me, he said, he <laughs> sounds kind of funny, but he, he pr- made me promise. He said, you, you promise you don't ever give up. He's like, don't you ever fucking give up. That's what he said to me. And it was just, man, like, the kid's, he's 24, you know, he's younger than me, I'm 28. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Giving you life advice. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Yeah." laughs> but he's like, he's on top of the world right now, you know, he's so talented, He's he actually beat one of my real good friends, too, in a real tough fight, it, probably the hardest fight he's had, Charles Rosa. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. He's yeah, they fought, fought Charles? yeah. And, um, but yeah, you know, he's the headliner, he beat BJ Penn in the second round, you know, and it just... An animal, and for him to say that, you know, and for somebody like Daniel Cormier to say like that, I'm built New England tough, and that you can't question the heart of Devin Powell, and tell me that that I had a great um, debut and things like that, you know, they definitely mean a lot more than the people that hide behind their keyboards and try and say mean things. Oh hell yeah! But some of them say pretty funny things. Somebody <laughs> called me the Walmart. Conor McGregor. You know what I did though is I uh, all the mean tweets I got or mean uh, Instagram posts or whatever I get, I uh, I responded to all of them as as stupid as I could. 
like somebody, some young kid who's like saying that I need to work on my technique. And I was like, thanks so much for the advice. Could I hire you as a new coach to come down and train me? And like somebody saying that dude that said uh, that I was a Walmart Conor McGregor and saying like I needed to eat more Lucky Charms or whatever. <laughs> I was like, why eat Lucky Charms when I can eat all these punches? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and you know what the best one was? One dude, before the the fight even happened, I posted a photo from my UFC photo shoot with the gloves and shorts, and this dude, <laughs> vulgarity's good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah so dude, you can say whatever you this want. This dude just comments, kid, go home before I fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I think I just commented as like, um, thank you so much for the support. I love my fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I remember after the fight, his uh, his his fan group was uh, not too happy. So there was a uh, there were a couple people that that we were with that that wanted to go mouth off to them. And I'm just like, I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to keep it Devin style. We keep it, <laughs> keep it hilarious. We got to keep it the fucking Conor McGregor Walmart version style. That, I don't know why that struck me as so funny. Oh, but. man. So what are you up to now, buddy? I mean, you're training, obviously. Like, what, uh, you don't have another fight uh, coming up yet, right? Yeah, no, I, uh, I get suspended for six months. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, I don't. I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if it's uh, if it's just because of the break or, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I should have lied to him or not. But <laughs> when they when they told me like how are you feeling, I was like, I just got in a fifteen minute fist fight. I have a headache. <laughs> like it's <laughs> probably pretty normal. And they're like, all right, well, we're gonna take you to the ER and uh, get you sewn up and just take cat skin for precautionary reasons. I don't know if that's the entire reason. Like, like, all right, he said he had a headache, or if it's because I broke a bone in my face, or what. And I don't know if they they can lighten the suspension or what. But regardless of what happens, you know, I'm just gonna keep training and keep enjoying life. And then uh, when the time comes, I'll I'll get back at it. My plan is uh, the big news is basically Charles Rose is fighting um, in April, I believe, uh, April eighth ish, and I'm gonna leave. Where's he fighting? Uh, New York. Nice. So we're gonna try and bring a, a big crew to go see him. I'll go to see that. Do we know who's his a, who his opponent is? Uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's yeah. he's eight and zero, four subs, three, three uh, TKOs, one decision. He's a finisher. Yeah, he's he's decent, but um, from what I talked to Charles about, he's not a knockout puncher. He's got pretty good uh, accuracy. Um, and he, you know, he finishes fights though, seven of the eight yeah. wins, but Charles finishes fights He's too. tough, man. Charles, Charles is, is tough. so tough and he's, he's a phenomenal submission game and heart of a fucking lion, you know? So I'm going to go up there to ATT with a bunch of world champions and train with them for a month while he's getting ready for his fight. That'll be dope. And, nice. uh, and you know, it's going to help me as a teacher and as a student and, um, and just as a fighter, Hell yeah. you know, train with those guys and come back home with some, some new knowledge and just, uh, you know, some new tricks in the bag. And, that, you know, I think that's something that I, I need. You know, we have incredible fighters here and uh, incredible guys that can feed pads and MMA coaches and stuff. But I think a big part of it will be training with guys that have all been inside that cage, you know, and that have all seen those crazy lights and 
had have all already, you know, been inside the octagon and get to train with them and, and really feel like, all right, these guys are there. What am I struggling with? What am I succeeding with? This is what I need to do. This is what I need to work on. Plus, a world-class wrestling coach, you know, is there. And, I mean, world-class. Oh, man, everybody, yeah. You know, but Olympic medalists are just like, yeah, I'm here every day. I mean, you mentioned that a couple of times when, like, like talking about the dude you went against that basically had a heavy, like, a light heavyweight champion in his corner. Yeah. Is that something you thought about, like, where next fight or the fight after that or whatever, like, trying to get to a camp like that for at least some time? Because, I mean, it is, it's, it's a... You have a business to run, yeah. and they don't do it for free, yeah. <laughs> and all that sort no, of shit. It's but even I'm getting a good rate to go there, and it's still crazy expensive. We're gonna work some fundraising stuff to try and make this possible, you know, because it's not like something yeah. I can just be like, yeah, I'll just go to Florida for a month. No. And it's so hard, you know, leaving the idea of leaving my family for a month even is so hard. And these people that that go for entire camps. Yeah, it's insane, you know, yeah. and they do it over and over and over. I, I, I absolutely will not do that. I that's one thing I'll say. Like, this is something I absolutely love, but I fam, uh, my family is something that means more than anything to me. So, if it becomes like, all right, I can't be successful unless I leave my family for several months, like at a time, and then do it again after a month or whatever. It, it just, it's not going to happen, you know, and yeah. I hope this will help and it'll, you know, I, I already feel like I belong there and I feel like a little oh, bit yeah. of extra coaching, a little bit of extra knowledge. And there's also people like one of my biggest heroes in the world, as far as the sport is Joe Lozon and he's <laughs> real close and yeah. we have a hookup to go and train with him. Uh, Jay knows him and, and I, you know, I get to fight on the same card with him and he, he was so nice, you know, like. We were at weigh-ins, like the, you weigh in between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then from there, you do the, like, the fake weigh-ins, but that's in front of the media, and, like, we're waiting for the big thing to happen, I, like, go off to the bathroom, and Joe's coming over, and he comes over, and he fakes a double egg on me and stuff, and it's like, I love this dude, you know, like, it's, it's awesome, yeah, yeah. and, like, I, for a while, I've been like, why haven't I trained with Joe Lozon, you know, and he's, he's not that far away, so I'm really gonna... In the next couple of days, now that I feel like I'm I'm ready to go, I'm gonna reach out to him. Yeah, hopefully that'll happen. There's a, it's well, City like, another gym that I I know I people there, and it's yeah. a phenomenal gym. Tony Martin, uh, I get to find the same part as him. He's amazing, dude. Yeah, and uh, I'd love to train with him as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of his main coaches, Brock Larson, he's somebody that I used to look up to in the WC yeah. as well. I've trained with both so, of those guys, and they're yeah. both beasts. Yeah, for sure. So like. <laughs> There and Rick Hahn is is a friend of mine that I need to go and yeah. see more. I think a lot of it, honestly, is like this. This academy has been around for two and a half years now, and I, you know, you know how I used to train and like what I used to do. But like when I when I started running this, I was bouncing at a bar on the weekends. I was working six forty five to three fifteen at a passport center five days a week. I was teaching at St John Prep School twice a week, and I was teaching every single night here. And sleeping um, in your car. And sleeping in my car whenever I could. And, <laughs> and uh, we've come a long way where I can actually disappear for a bit, you know, and I can go train. And we have people at Port City that come and, and teach for me sometimes. And and Tim can, can run any night of the week now. And we have different coaches that can run any any night of the week. And I can just kind of take off. And, and people look at what I'm doing and they get inspired by it. Even though I'm not here, they, they get motivated when I'm gone. 
it might just be because I'm a terrible teacher. <laughs> he's, not, he's not here. But, uh, but I've mm-hmm. had... Um, we should have had you read these Instagram things on the... On the <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, well, we should do a video. Like, yeah, man, we gotta do a video. Just, just have to oh, be celebrities reading mean tweets. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Holy shit! But yeah. I, I'm in a position now where I can afford to to take off, and the academy I feel like is safe and and it's going to be run properly, and new students will be, you know, properly introduced to the to curriculum, and and it's not going to be an issue. So uh, I'm excited you have for the a future. Just, I don't know, hit things, choke things. That's that's so, what we write in the wall. So I know another cool thing though that I saw your name on. You're teaching at the BJJ Globetrotters camp. Yeah, that's what? cool, man. Yeah, I saw. I'm like looking at the thing. And it's like Devin Powell. I was like <laughs> Devin Powell. Um, I've done like I've you know I've been up and done podcasts with guys that have you know we're teaching up there in New Hampshire camp and uh, that's awesome, man. You're gonna love it. They're gonna yeah. love you. Where's you that? know who uh, who's teaching that like. He's got an iPhone app that's awesome. Is Jason Scully? Yeah, yeah. That dude's teaching. Yeah. You know, it's just like this dude. Like I watch his videos all the time. Chris like, Howder. I mean, teaching. there's millions of them. Chris Howder is teaching now. I yeah. know he has a black belt. It's teaching too, right? How? No, Howder's gonna be there because I'm cool. picking him up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got another black belt that's teaching too. I'm 99 sure. Um, if you look at it, that photo that you posted, it says like, like their info, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, one of them does. just says. Uh, Chris Howder. There's a there's a bunch of guys that uh, I mean this guy Brad Wilson that's been on this podcast. He's a big low charter guy. He'll be up there teaching. He's really good. Soulcraft. Uh, Soulcraft in yeah, Connecticut. Um, yeah, man, that's gonna be super fun. I mean, I'll see you up there for sure. That's <laughs> um, gonna be awesome. Yeah, I uh, I don't even know what I'm doing there yet. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. I probably don't belong. You, you have some time. Nah, man, you totally belong. Listen, dude, you totally belong there, man. Got, you're gonna have a blast. I think the biggest thing is I have a little bit different of a story than most of the guys I teach there. Yeah, you know, like I took a different route than the traditional jujitsu guy. Like when they ask my accomplishments, I'm like, dude, I like since day one I've been invested in MMA. Like I did a naga once and I I won the gold as a blue belt. I did tap cancer out once as a brown belt and I won gold medal, but. Like I never did any big IBJJF tournaments. You yeah, but know, you use jujitsu in in yeah. your fights. Yeah, you know? for sure. You know, I've I have um I'm eight and two now, um, and uh, I have five finishes that are in the first round. You know, and uh, I was the number one fighter in the Northeast at fifty five as an amateur, and most of them were submission wins. You know. Uh, so I use you're a that technical jujitsu. Um, I mean, I've been to the, these things. Yeah. You belong there for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but you're gonna have a blast, man. It's, yeah, all, it's like wait, a cool. Uh, it's a very cool thing. Those and I'm from do. Maine, you know, and it's in my state. You know, yeah. Getting married in May in Maine this year, and it's uh, this yeah, is my home. You know, it's it's pretty cool to teach at. I mean, I. Again, I don't. I I'm so invested in MMA that I don't know as much about jujitsu as far as like the whole like the where everybody's from and like different camps and stuff. But as far as I know, this is one of the biggest jujitsu camps in the world. You know, like the BJJ. Oh, it's huge! Yeah, it's huge. Like it's crazy. It's all like the guy. The guy that started it wrote a book, and it's uh, man. I can't even read, and I'm (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you didn't tell him that because they might not have let you in. Sorry, I uh, I can't read this email, so. 
Let me uh, as let long me get as my you fiance get, to respond to you. As long as you have Tim, yeah, yeah, Tim or somebody to. Uh, I think you just implied Tim was his fiance. <laughs> it's a new world, dude. It's okay. Uh, it is, is it legal in Maine? And you've been in. I don't yeah, know. Like, watch out, watch out, buddy. Yeah. So when are you getting married, buddy? It's called a martial arts wedding. In August, man, yeah. we're going up to to Elagash. I mean, I'll Eight be hours there. Main. But yeah, this, <laughs> I'm crashing that this, wedding. Listen, invite to all you crazy jujitsu guys. <laughs> we're getting married in Elgash, Maine. No, yeah, podcast. believe it or not, yeah. people actually listen to this. No yeah, cell phone service. I'm telling you, no, for for real, no cell phone service. You go up there, like all these hunting camps and stuff. We're going out in the Elgash <laughs> River, and we're gonna do a little a little canoe trip, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna do our reception, and then we're gonna do a big old party at our house in Maine in in Wells. So. uh... I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be insane. I, I hope so many people come and do the canoe trip and just have this crazy party on the river. It's it's insanely beautiful. I it, can't swim, but I'll go. The best place in the world. You can't swim? The Elgash, man. Really. You forget about all your troubles I'll when teach you go you there. Swim. can't even look at your phone, you know? Right. All, the, all nice the stupid complaints people have every phone. day that you read and like, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> you don't nice. see any of that. You just go out there and you look out and you see this beautiful river. You see these people that just are so caring and just it's yeah it's it's like disney world without 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 all the bullshit the rides without all the disney so normally i have two other clowns as hosts um so i was coming and i was like man i don't really i don't know like i'm I'm gonna i might be by myself what should i so i asked my wife i was like hey you got any questions and then i asked andrea my daughter i was like you got any questions you'd ever ask anybody on a podcast so amanda's question of the night is what is your favorite submission that's easy oh snap um twister you know it's funny is they asked me these questions for the ufc website if you look at it um so my (laughs) my favorite takedown is the rock bottom (laughs) this is the ufc website yes (laughs) and my my favorite uh submission i think is the figure four leg lock yeah Yeah. (laughs) or maybe i maybe wrote the boston crab i can't even remember (laughs) but my thing was not not saying it so that yeah if he just like they just do a quick look and like oh yeah he loves triangling people you know just look out for that just yeah. figure that one quick little thing because honestly he's he, looking out for that his, figure four the his whole write up was that his favorite thing was a heel hook so me and J.O. back before the fight ah, were drilling. doing heel, heel hook defenses yeah, right? the that dude didn't want to he wanted to get my guard that guy's never funny. heel hooked anybody but I was like just in case let's drill yeah, yeah right for sure so, you gotta cover all the bases but yeah you know uh, I like triangle on yeah. people so <laughs> I, Andrea I, I hadn't noticed <laughs> Andrea who's basically your your daughter yeah. because Clementine is her sister yep uh her question was, "What would you name a snowman?" Oh man! She also provided. And an her answer. well, she gave her answer, which I will give after. But I don't. Is want it to... from the same as Frozen? No, no. But you know, if if you had a snowman, what would you what would you name your pet snowman? You know, oh, man. Yeah, these are like hard hitting questions that I like to <laughs> ask. Probably me. name it Tim Hagen because it's got a heart <laughs> of ice. <laughs> what? He's got a heart of ice. <laughs> you got an icy heart, Tim. <laughs> yeah, man. Have I turned out that bad? Tim, what would you name your snowman? I would name him Sir Bigglesworth the <laughs> Third. I just found out you can't swim, so I don't trust anything. Yeah, so. that's weird. Man. I don't trust people. No, I mean, swim. I could survive. I just can't swim well. Like I could, I could like move around and stuff, but I just like you're not going to get a press from. <laughs> can you anybody, float? If anybody float, pops my my arm floats, I'm, <laughs> I could float. But if y'all, I'm if I'm in a river, I'm going to be carried downstream. That's, that's what I'm telling you. Like, oh man. 
Andrea, by the way, would name her Snowman Sparkle. Ah, uh, yeah, Sparkle, sparkle the Snowman. I question. I question Who, your commitment to Sparkle Mode. Who's uh, Who's got the music? We got the music queued up. I couldn't get it to work. I, I couldn't get it to work. Nobody uh, could get the music. All right, we'll try again. Plug this in and post. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. You should. Oh no, we're gonna. And get you it. should probably put that photo of me holding up my yes. Gibson SG. No, oh, hey. yeah, we're putting. Where is this from? <laughs> is this from MySpace? This, part of this is pure volume. Pure volume. That pure is volume. awesome. Um, I'll tell you what. If you could get these to play, you might be slightly impressed by our live recording because we're we're pretty decent for a bunch of sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, we'll put up links really for this. You shouldn't even walk out to your own music. We're yeah. gonna. Uh, we're gonna. I mean, is there copyrights on here? Do we need to get a release so we can play it on the podcast? Yeah, you gotta pay me five hundred dollars. Ah, that's gonna be tough. How about some soap? Yeah, we, yeah, we can I'll trade that. Some, no, uh, that'll do. You trade some soap. You even talked about soap this entire time. Yeah, event. it's unbelievable. So, this is the longest um, I've heard you go without talking about soap. What, the world's greatest soap company? So, if you didn't In know, when you shower, you should use soap. I used to just use water, and it didn't work well. <laughs> yeah, you were all messed up, so man, before called, I met you. Well, you know what they say the most important thing when you, you know, Take a shower or wash your hands is actually the scrubbing. Oh, really? So as long as you scrub it. I don't scrub. I am very vigorous. Don't be a scrub. My, yeah. pe- my penis is super clean. <laughs> <laughs> Tortuga Soap Company for all your body parts. Keep it all clean. I pretty much make a game out of it where it's like I use the bar of soap on my body pretty rigorously, if that's a word. Vigorous, rigorous. Rigor, vigorous. Until I drop it and then it's game over. And then I have to re-lather from Uh, the body parts that had the soap. And then I apply it to the rest of me. So it's really about not dropping the soap. I'm not scared of dropping the soap. In case I go to jail, I need to make sure that I'm good at this game. You gotta have a good game. I only use the soap because I assume George has touched all the pieces. Oh, yeah. That's like a weird way of uh, showering. Yeah, we are. Applying George to your body. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm scrubbing you down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are. I'm scrubbing you down, I my friend. The one thing down, we George. still don't have with Tortuga soap, I've asked for one of those fancy brushes where you apply the soap, but where it's George's face. <laughs> oh, right on it, and you oh, apply the suds. And yeah, you right. put George all over. You, yeah. you want a George? Lupa? That's coming. That is now, a, let yeah. me ask you a serious question. Since you were at Chael Sonnen, yeah. who's better looking, me or him? I mean, in person, your your eyes really pop. Yeah. You know? Do we look kind of the same, though? You do. And you do. He kind of looks... Very short Can I answer this question? Yeah. I, yeah. Chael Sonnen's better looking. Shut up, man. You're That's never hard. coming back on here again. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like I could put you in my back pocket and take you <laughs> He's a pretty here's, big dude. Yeah. Here's So here's a funny one. This guy the other day I was training, and I have got this numerous times. And most of it's unsolicited, even though some of it obviously isn't. But this guy, say, this guy told me, well, no, this, like is, a this is a different head. story. No, he's like, hey, I'm sure you get this all the time. This is where we're like rolling. He's like, did anybody ever tell you you looked like Chael Sonnen? <laughs> or Joe Warren? <laughs> Joe Warren. I can yeah. see Joe Warren. Yeah, dude, I'm little more my body size. Yeah. Joe Warren. Way more sense. Yeah, he's a badass wrestler, Because you do man. have a big dome as well. That's why it's huge. Chael Sonnen. You're going to get just crazier yeah. eyes. He's gonna get yeah. better with that mean mug. He's yeah. a little psycho. You do Joe? Yeah. yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. Um, thanks, brother, for coming down, man. Or for us letting us come down. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks for coming down to your academy. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's yours. It was great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I had a great time rolling with you, man. It was yeah, awesome. For sure. What, uh, MMA.com. Yep. Um, Facebook, Instagram. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, well, I got a Twitter now, too. I got to learn nice. how to use it. You I don't, don't yeah. you tweet now? It's too oh, not well. Too. I did it once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's great at getting a lot of hatred. Yes! <laughs> so you make it and then just wait for the hate. Honestly, it's worth it because Walmart Conor McGregor, if that oh, does not catch man. on that is as a nickname, Jesus. I will be oh, very Oh, God, upset. you don't have a nickname yet. Let's hope that happens, huh? Um, I think you just. The, the biggest thing to take away from this whole thing is that. I had somebody that's never trained in the sport whatsoever say to me, kid, go home before I fuck you up. <laughs> before I fought, just looking at a picture I posted from from Getty Images from the UFC's oh, yeah. photo shoot. <laughs> that's what this world is like. It doesn't get yeah. any better than that. This kid's just like probably sitting at home, like scrolling through Twitter, like, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. And then he sees a picture of me. Making a silly face, wearing UFC gloves, and he decides the best thing to say is, kid, go home before I fuck you up. Yeah. Social media is a weird, weird place. So you guys, make sure you find Devin on uh, Instagram and send him some love or some hate, because we love it either way. Send me mean comments and I'll I'll comment back as positively as I can. (laughs) Thanks, brother. Thank you. Peace. Later. Thanks, Gary, for being on this, too. <laughs> and you, Tim. Oh, you're welcome. You're certainly welcome. Just kidding,